Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. And listen, we want to be some of the first people to wish you a happy new year, right? Yes, happy, happy new year, like the best new year. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, coming out of the last few years, which have been a little tough for certain people, I feel like I saw this meme. It said something about like, can we maybe get a pre-owned year or at least buy the warranty for 2022 <laughs> just to know kind of what we're getting ourselves into? And I thought it was really funny. Um, so while we are enjoying, you know, the new year and some holiday cheer with our family, we were going back on some previous episodes and we wanted to share a couple that have been really impactful so this episode is going to throw us back to episode 11 and episode 15, which I think are two of the most impactful episodes that we've had when goal setting, when diving into a new year, when trying to figure out how to realign yourself with your purpose and your mission and just what you're going to stand for in the new year. Yeah, I think that when we anytime we go back and we recast an episode, it's really because we feel like it captures everything we would want to communicate now and we don't want to reinvent the wheel. And so we want you to get some of the nuggets from that episode. And we're over 100 episodes now. So it's more than likely that you've never heard that episode. And so we want to make sure we give it to you now. Yeah. So dive in, take a listen and let us know if this was helpful for you. These are strategies that we use every single new year, anytime we're goal setting. So I hope you enjoy and let us know what your goals are. We want to make sure that we're pushing through all of the hard, scary things that you are hopefully committed to um, going after in 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. All right. Push through. When I was on the beach, I was throwing rocks and I was like, man, you got to have a nice weight on your rock. Can't be too heavy. Can't be too light. It has to be solid. Otherwise, it doesn't go anywhere. And so often we create New Year's resolutions that have no weight. There's no consequence to Mm -hmm. it. There's no idea of saying, what's the outcome that can hurt me or improve me? Mm -hmm. It's just, I just want to fix this thing. And Mm -hmm. we don't tie it to something bigger. And so I think when you tie it to something bigger, like when you create more weight, you can throw it farther. You can go further when it comes to this goal that you have for the new year. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. If you are trying to figure out like what to do to create some momentum and some New Year's resolutions and give yourself some clarity for stepping into a new freaking decade, then I would like to encourage you to go listen to episode number 11 right now, which is Leaving All Your BS in 2019. I think it was one of the most powerful episodes that we've done because it was really about the ABCs of 2019 and how to close out the year based on how your year went, what you accomplished, what things you're still maybe holding on to that you need to release. So really quick, I want to tell you again, go back, listen to episode number 11. We gave you the ABCs of 2019 closing out the year. And just to give you like a quick taste, A is what things do you need to acknowledge, create awareness about, and then most importantly, accept. Yeah. Right? So that you can move on. Absolutely. So B, that, yeah. you have oh, something to say? No, I was just going to just say that like those three A's are kind of like the building blocks or the foundation for, you can't even think about a New Year's resolution yep. without those. Mm-hmm. So B, what things did you build in 2019? What things were you brave around and what shit bothered you? (laughs) Because if you're taking the things that bothered you in 2019 into the new year, the new decade, then you're setting yourself up for failure, right? And I just want to say, and we talked about this in episode 11, like if I ask you what bothered you in 2019, you're going to think of all the people, the things, (laughs) the circumstances, the situations And that's great. Make that list. But most importantly, make the list of what things bothered you that you're responsible for. Yeah. So does it bother you that you're in debt? Does it bother you that your finances, you're living check to check? Does it bother you that some of your relationships are strained? Does it bother you that you don't have the best marriage? Like what things are bothering you? And then that I think that B is the most powerful 
to help you figure out how to set yourself up for some great New Year's resolutions in 2020. Yeah. And I think I was talking to someone a few days ago, kind of along those lines of being bothered is sometimes people are in really bad relationships that they just can't get out of uh, for whatever reason. Sometimes they're at a bad job that they don't love or or whatever the case may be. And one of the things I talked to her about was sometimes you have to get repulsed. Sometimes you have to get so disgusted by yes. things that you leave relationships like that. Yeah, like you just have to get into your mind where you just say, I'm just disgusted mm-hmm. by this. And what happens is it's like if there's certain foods that you're disgusted with, you don't even think about them. Like you don't move like mm, I was thinking more like a boyfriend, like yeah, a toxic but I'm relationship. Giving, I'm giving an example. What there's I'm, not many foods that repulse me. No, but like there's certain foods I just won't eat. Yeah. I don't and because like I don't eat them because I, I think that they're nasty or mm. disgusting or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I don't even think about them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes in relationships, sometimes with jobs, whatever the case may be, something the things that bother you that you want to get away from. If you kind of create a mental anchor where you're disgusted by them then you don't think about them anymore or you want to stay far away from them as possible. Well, my mind just went to a whole nother episode, which is things that disgust you. (laughs) And I think I would make it about toxic relationships because that's like one of the ways that I got over relationships that Mm -hmm. weren't good is just like, and I tell my friends, you know, I have girlfriends that are not in great relationships and I'm like, girl, just stay with them. And they're like, what? Stay with them until you literally can't stand the sight or smell of him. And then there will be, you will have, you will give zero Fs when it's time to move on. Like, it's like, you need to go back for more. And I know I'm being funny. I'm not telling, but it's true. When you are completely repulsed by something, you're going to move past it and you're not going to give zero cares about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think there is food that you're repulsed by. You're repulsed mm, by peas. Oh, you know what I'm repulsed by? Two things. Number one, grape juice. My stepdad (laughs) made me drink grape juice when I was sick one time and I already didn't really like it. The smell of grape juice to this day will make me want to like vomit. Wait, And then second food, you already know what it is. Uh, Fuddruckers. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. If I say the word, my mouth literally starts salivating because, again, I was sick when I went there. Those two things repulse me. Right. I can look at peas because I've never been sick by them. Mm. So this goes back again. That's good. If it, you're in a toxic relationship, when you think about your boyfriend, up. you should just throw up. That's how you know you need to Gag throw in the yourself towel. and throw up every time you think about that person. And then you'll think, oh, my God, I think that person makes me sick. Yeah. Like, think about, like, I don't think you know this, but. I am disgusted by chocolate milk. Really? Yeah. I don't drink chocolate milk, hot cocoa. I stay clear away from that. Mm, I just put hot cocoa in my coffee My mom bought me chocolate milk in the morning on the way to school Mm -hmm. from Mm 7-Eleven, right? I went to school and like that's when I found out I was like lactose intolerant or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I like threw up everywhere. So the thought of it is making your mouth salivate right now. at this moment. Okay. I'm going to drink some water right now just because I I can't (laughs) handle it anymore. But- that's our uh, getting back if, on track. If you're bothered by something, just be repulsed, get disgusted, make yourself throw up and move on. OK. And then the C of the ABCs of wrapping up your 2019, the C's were congruence, which I think is really what we're talking about today. And that's going to help you stay true to your New Year's resolutions, like being in alignment with your commitment. So that's congruence, compassion, and cut. What things do you need to cut out? Mm. Cut out the BS, right? So go back, listen to episode number 11 of the Push podcast, because I think that will lay a really strong foundation for what we're about to talk about today. So before we move forward, though, I do want to shout out quickly three people really quickly. So again, we're asking you guys to rate and review the podcast. And it's not because we want you to say really awesome things about us because we're egotistical and we want to hear great things about us. <laughs> Although those feel nice, they right? They do feel nice. And so please um, say nice things. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want you to say nice things because we want to know that what we're saying is actually helping, that it's impactful. Yeah. And I believe in reciprocity. I believe like when something serves me, I will quickly write a review, send a note or a letter to the author of a book that impacts me. Like if we're doing something that is serving you, then you kind of stopping to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. is really helpful for us because it helps us create more content for you. It also, every time you rate and review the podcast, it helps us expand our mission, Yeah, right? And so if it's serving you, that's awesome. And we feel super special and honored that you're sharing your time with us. But we also are not just doing this for you. (laughs) We're doing this to impact. Like this is why we were brave to put out a podcast because we already have these really great transformational conversations with our students. 
but we were trying to be expansive this year. And so we said, how can we reach a greater audience to make sure that our mission is sustained and it's shared? And so we're asking you to please take two seconds to rate and review the podcast. And so. And I was just going to say, I think I've learned this year, especially because we've been doing so many things that require people to like buy in and Mm -hmm. share and be a part of in order for us to expand. Because I think we feel like we have something that we get a value that we can add to people's lives, which we're not, I'm not saying that from an ego standpoint, like I just feel like based on what we've learned from our students, based on the people we interact with, some of the things that we talk about resonates. And so we want to further that and we want to continue that. And I think that what happens sometimes is that we get so, and we're going to do a podcast episode from this, we get so consumed with drawing things, meaning we take, 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 whether it be information on social media or YouTube, whatever it is, but rarely do we- Make a deposit. Yeah, make a deposit, like it, leave a comment, encourage the person that poured into you because I think that that matters, right? And I think they want to continue to do that. if you're a content creator and you're, everybody has an Instagram, if you're trying to share stuff and you're wondering why your shit's not getting liked, it's because you're not giving credit (laughs) to some of the people that are out there that are also helping to impact your life, right? Yeah. So if you're just one of those people that just scrolls past things and says, oh, that was really good. Okay, moving on then don't expect a bunch of love on your Instagram or your Facebook post because that's just, you get out what you or, give, right? Or the person that you love and were supporting, you didn't support, and so they just stopped showing up because it's like mm. no one no one's paying attention. Yeah, so we're it's just like going to end the restaurant. podcast right now if you don't leave us a review. It's like your favorite restaurant going out of business, but... Because you never left a review. Yeah, or so you So now never, that you feel yeah. guilty, let me shout out a couple of people really quickly. So Samira Music, she said, I absolutely love the podcast. I definitely listen during the morning. Also during lunch when I need to pick me up and then again in the evening or just when I need a good laugh. Please continue to mentally prepare me for the world. I love the energy and the vibe and the love for each other and for me and everyone else out there listening. I love that, Samir. Thank you so much. You can find her on Instagram at Samir Music. Another one, Lady Lee 214. I've known of the Cake Mamas, but I recently learned about you two as a couple after participating in the five day free Instagram challenge you offered. So her Instagram is the Cupcake Lady 2014. She says, I'm so thankful that I found you. You both are so helpful and inspirational as far as in the business world and my personal life. Keep up the great work and continue to help us be better personally and professionally. I love that. Thank love you that. so much. You can check her out at the Cupcake Lady 2014. And then we have a new listener. She says, my husband, Treve, shout out to Treve Felton, put me on to you guys. Every time I listen to you guys, I get more and more excited about the growth I'll gain in the years to come in all of the roles I play as a person. I'm excited AF. You guys help me feel like I can actually obtain everything I want in life. Listening to you guys in the morning before work keeps me pushing forward. You guys are my best friends in my head. (laughs) I love that. So shout out to MedNurse29. So thank you guys so much for showing up, giving us some love. Again, it's not about the ego. We're not saying we need you to stroke our ego. We're just saying if we put something out that resonates with you, that serves you, please take some time and give back. It helps us expand our mission. So Moving on, pushing into why you're here today. Let's talk about pushing towards your goals in the new year. I think I want to set it up and tell you like for many, many years, we're getting ready to celebrate our 15 year wedding anniversary. That's crazy. Shout out to us, right? High five. High five, baby. So I think you would agree that for many years in the beginning parts of our marriage, we just did New Year's goal setting wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it started because we didn't think big enough, right? Like no. we definitely in the beginning lived in a place of lack or scarcity and we just kind of were trying to like get by. If we made a little extra money, that was awesome. But we had really bad habits of like, okay, let's go on vacation now, right? Right, right. And so we believe if you've hung out with us long enough, we believe that things happen for a reason. So we continued to make more and more money. We continued to grow But we also continued to have poor spending habits. And Mm -hmm. so we always felt like we never really got further along. Right. Right. And then in 2009, God said, you know, I'm going to just take this away and let's see what you do. Right. And so we lost our jobs. We filed bankruptcy, which forced us to like kind of strip back down to the bare bones. And that's when we really started to get our shit together in 2019 when everything was taken away from us. Yeah. So I do want to start this conversation stating that right after the holidays, people 
sometimes you're living in a state of lack. You're mm-hmm. like, man, I overspent. I'm in debt now because I wanted my kids to have a great Christmas. I put too many gifts under the tree or I just didn't have enough to begin with and I'm starting off in a deficit. So it's really hard and difficult to get pumped up thinking that you're going to be rich in 2020 when you're already starting off with the chip stacked against you. Yeah. And I think that when you feel like you're starting with a deficit, sometimes some people give up, right? And they don't look at the new year as an opportunity. They look at another year as another burden that may be stacked on top of the year prior and then some people are, are just kind of even, like they went through this whole year, they had New Year's resolutions, they made some progress, but then they made some things that went backwards in some things. And so now they're kind of flat. And they're like, yeah. the new year is a new opportunity to make, to have some growth and to have some progress. But I think that that's important to recognize. And I think yeah. that w- what we talked about with the ABCs, that's how you recognize. That is a deep dive in self-awareness. That allows you to kind of uncover and reveal some things to you that allow you to go further into the new year. Yeah. So we just got back from a little mini kind of staycation. We went to Oceanside. We rented a home and it was a beach house and it was very expensive. And I don't say that to brag. We worked our asses off for that this year. And we had a vision. We have a vision of owning a beach house one day. So we have to do things that put us closer to that goal, which this was about like, one, let's have a staff retreat. Let's rent this house so we can show our staff why we're going to be working hard this year. Right. They came. They had an amazing time. And then we sent them back. And then we had our family come. Right. And some of you probably followed on our stories. We had Fabiola come, the girl's mom. And so many people DM me all the time and just say what a beautiful thing that is that we're able to share that with her. And I can tell you, I could make myself cry right now thinking of how amazing it is to be able to share those moments and create memories with her and all of our kids. And it would break my heart to know that we were doing great things like that and she wasn't there because I want her to be better. I want her to see where we're trying to go. I want her to share in these memories. So if you're in a blended family, here's a little sidebar, like do whatever you can to reach out and just try somehow to create some sort of bridge. If you have a gap in communication, a bridge in how you're parenting separately, like that's just my little side plea for you because that really is super important to us. But so many people messaged us and said like, wow, I really love that. And then just another sidebar, I go to sit next to her outside on the balcony (laughs) and I'm like, oh my God, we have the same toenail polish color. And she goes, girl, I got it out of your bathroom at your house yesterday before we came. (laughs) That's so funny. And then she's like hashtagging sister wives, which is a little too much for some people. Like people literally message me and they're like, yeah, I don't know that I want to wear matching nail polish with her and I want her in my house. And I just want to ask you why. Yeah. Like, just why, right? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of fear and ego and everything that's tied to that. And all I could think about is just, like, looking back and having memories where the girls don't have to think about so much being separate. Right. Like, looking at photos going, oh, my mom wasn't there. Oh, or my mom and dad or, or Janelle wasn't there. Like, all those different things. They can look at photos and say we were all there. Yeah. And we were all able to experience those things. Like adults don't want to live double lives. Children shouldn't have to either. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the beach house. It was amazing. We felt abundant. And I'll just tell you many times I was sitting on the balcony just looking at the ocean, just thinking like I wasn't supposed to have this life. Like Mm -hmm. this wasn't in the trajectory, I think, like looking back on how we were raised and how Mm -hmm. we started our marriage. And we've worked really hard to kind of change that mindset and to change a lot of things. Right. And this is why we're here showing up for you guys every week to help push you to things that are greater. And so I promise I have a point to this story, but we walked on the beach. Of course, we did some dreaming. God, that house is amazing. That would be you know, amazing to own. Think about one day if we could just knock on that door and offer that person some money to buy their house. Like these are big visions, right? Right. And then to kind of like, some of you are thinking like, must be nice to be in a beach house. Well, don't be like that, right? (laughs) Just don't do that. Well, I think- I guess what I want to say though is if you see that it's available for one person, then that means it's available for you too, right? So here's an example. A few months ago when we were at a beach house with some of our students at a retreat, 
we went for a walk on the beach and we were doing that. We were dreaming, God, it'd be amazing to own one of these houses. What do these people do? And I would just say that's my trick for not being a hater is just being really inquisitive. Yeah, admiration is a cure for jealousy and envy. Right. So there's this guy, he's sitting on the rocks with a cup of coffee. You can tell like this is his house right behind him. He's on the beach. And we went up to him and started chatting with him. And I'm like, is this your house? And he goes, yeah. He goes, are you my neighbors? I haven't seen you guys around. Super nice guy. And I go, we started chatting. And I said, what do you do? And he goes, well, I'm retired now, but I used to work for Trader Joe's. Really? (laughs) Okay. So this is why I'm telling the story about the beach house. Because if this guy worked at Trader Joe's and has a multi-million dollar beach house on the beach, Girl, this is available to any of us, right? I just own a little bakery. This fool worked at Trader Joe's. Like this is like that pumped me up. Yeah. So I want you to go into the new year thinking, how can I think a little bigger? Because Mm -hmm. that moment for me this year, I was like, you know what? If dude from Trader Joe's can have a beach house like this, so can Janelle. Yeah. But don't you feel like when we were walking, I I didn't feel like, uh, yeah, there was a part of me that was the thought dreaming. But then it was a part of me that was like, oh, this is goal setting. Like, That's I think, it. What I think is very different mm-hmm. because I think when you go from a dream, you're kind of like hopeful and you're kind of like, oh, this would be really nice to like, we were like, okay, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Here's what would it take for us to do right. this? And then you start asking take? questions that will give you start some ideas to start thinking about things outside of the box. And then you start thinking about your actions bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, you think, okay, I got to take bigger steps. Right. And I got to do scarier things. And um, I think when you start to take those risks, I think the benefits are there for you. I think today I want to talk a lot about routines and rituals, though. Like, what are you in rehearsal for? What are you practicing for? Because if you're practicing not being a good steward of your money, guess what? You can't have a beach house. Right. doesn't right. work like that. So one of our, um, at our staff retreat, one well, of Just the- really quick. Can I just say this really quick before you say it? No. Just remember staff retreat. <laughs> what? <laughs> just a side note. Like we talked about before, uh, I think we talked about this in the podcast, um, like having balance in work-life balance doesn't really exist, mm-hmm. right? You have a grinding season, season, and then you have a season where maybe you are- Rest and recovering. Resting, recover, mm-hmm. connecting, mm-hmm. And, and revitalizing different relationships. But what we- I think what we did was the the closest thing you can get to work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Like the first half of the week was with the staff and the team. And let me tell you, we stayed up until 3.30 in the morning for two working. days straight working, brainstorming, falling asleep, pushing yeah. through, doing, figuring out ways to be showing up really brave and audaciously in 2020, right. right? Right. And then we like turned it off and it was all family mode. <laughs> and then we were up to three, three o'clock in the morning the next playing couple of nights playing stuff. games and stuff. So you got to have like, you got to have that balance as much as you possibly yep. can. But I think the balance is incorporating what you love to do with the family so that you can kind of have some of the best of both worlds in a sense. Yeah. Right? So I just want to have, that's a commercial for, I didn't want people to miss that part. So you were talking about. Yeah, I have no clue what I was going to say because you yeah, cut me off. No, you were talking about one of the students came to the. Oh, uh, okay. Rochelle yeah. Ballmeyer. She's one of our students. She's helping us like on our team now. And I just want to tell you guys, she's 38 years old. And I think her and her husband for eight years, eight years, they've been doing like Dave Ramsey's principles for finances And they paid off all their debt. They paid off their home. And they have $800,000 saved in a retirement now and all these different things. But by the time they're 40, they will have a million dollars in the bank. And they're already planning how they're going to live a comfortable life for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so I want to share that with you guys because eight years ago, they were severely in debt. Eight years ago, her husband was about to lose his job. Eight years ago, they owed a ton of money on their mortgage. And now they have made sacrifices. They had a plan. They paid off their mortgage too, They've paid off everything. They have zero dollars in debt. But the thing is, is they're also thinking not like, oh, I'm going to be rich because let me just tell you guys, a million dollars is not going to do shit for you if you stop working at 40 and you plan on living till you're nine. Right. So they're already thinking if we have a million dollars, how can we be on a budget? Like, where would we have to go? Well, they're looking at other countries where the cost of living is cheaper. And how could they live a comfortable life with the money that they've put aside? And so I, I share that story. And then also the story of the guy that worked at Trader Joe's to show you 
all of these things are available yeah. to you and I as well. Yeah, and just to preface, I don't think that that her husband or her had this tremendous salary. Oh no. Yeah, to do she's that. She's always been a stay-at-home mom. Right. And so I think people when you think about goal setting, you think about the new year, like you may be thinking, well, they must have the income to have accomplished that. Yeah, nope. No. But what they did do was they had a plan, they had a goal, and they had some things, some principles they probably put in place that allowed them to have that success and to have that reserve of money. Right. So before we get into what your New Year's resolutions are going to be, I think I want to talk and address the people that are like, oh, I don't do New Year's resolutions. Those are stupid. People don't stick to them. Well, then you're probably not going to stick to any goal setting if that's your mentality going into the new year, right? So some reasons, let me just give you some stats. So you're right. People usually don't stick with their New Year's resolutions. 80% of people are most likely to forget about their (laughs) New Year's resolutions before mid-February. Dang. That's like 45 days in and you don't even remember what the hell it was that you wanted. Oh, I've been there. I mean, I remember creating New Year's resolutions and then like having so many that I didn't even remember what was on the list. Right. Like I just, oh, you have all, you list like five, six things, and you know, oh, this is my New Year's resolutions, and then you completely forget. Right, and then a third of everyone's resolutions don't even make it past the first 31 days of January. Wow. That's insane, right? I think another reason is we underestimate how long it takes to build or adopt a habit, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this whole, you see all the quotes all the time, it takes 21 days to create a habit. Well, studies actually show that on average, it takes about 66 days before a new habit becomes an automatic habit. Yeah. So 66 days from today puts you at March 6th. Yeah. So I think you need to get like a little chart or something (laughs) and say, all right, 66 days. Can I drink water for 66 days? Can I manage my finances properly for 66 days. We're talking out of 365 days. Mm -hmm. Make a freaking commitment for a minimum of 66 days. I think you can do that. But I think another reason why people don't want to set up or establish New Year's resolutions, especially when it comes to health goals, is because all you do immediately is think about the negative aspects of goal setting. Like, oh, I'm going to have to give up sugar. I won't be able to have cupcakes. Oh my God, my daughter's birthday is on January 31st. I won't be able to eat cake. I won't be able... You start to create this list of, again, like deficit list. It's like the shit list of all (laughs) of the things that are attached to why this is going to be terrible. Right. Yeah, And I think that what ends up happening is now you have a this negative pull around the goal that you have that it's hard to now, now it's hard to show up, right? And so Mm -hmm. when you look at the anatomy of a habit, it is based on triggers and rewards, Mm -hmm. right? And so like, think about those things. And I think we'll have a discussion about that as the new year goes on. And so to help you with like, hey, these are the things that it takes to build a really good habit. Mm -hmm. But that is what you have to look at. What is gonna be your reward, right? What is, and I think when we talk about some of the key things that we think make for a good New Year's resolution, it's going to be about what are the outcomes that you're looking forward to? What is going to give this particular goal or achievement weight? Right. Right. So really quick, and then we'll get into that, but I think most people's New Year's resolutions are going to be around health, wellness, fitness, Mm -hmm. right? Something to do with health, wealth, Something to do with your finances, increasing your income, whatever it is, is something about money. And then the last thing would be relationships. Mm. I got to find a husband. (laughs) I got to fix the relationship I have with my daughter. I want to break up with my mom or whatever toxic relationship you're in. Most of your resolutions are going to come or your goals are going to come from those three categories. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to stop and kind of ask yourself, what do I want out of life? What things are bothering me that I need to change? What kind of life do I want to create? What do I want to feel proud of? Like, what am I willing to work towards? And we're going to talk a lot about working because if we fall in love with the idea of being, let's say, 30 pounds lighter, But we don't fall in love with the idea of becoming a fit person. We don't fall in love with the idea of being a person who chooses healthy food over shitty food. Then you're going to set yourself up to fail. Yeah. And that's why most resolutions don't work because you don't fall in love with the journey. You fall in love with the idea that, oh, that would be nice. But then you don't believe that you're even the type of person 
that would enjoy doing the things that a person like that has. Right. Right. And then I think the thing is, is that people are hung up on New Year's resolutions because one, as you read, 80 percent of them are Mm -hmm. unsuccessful. And so people then start to say, well, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I just make goals throughout the year or I do different things. So people will say that that's not something important to you. But I think what the new year does is it gives you a a pivotal point where the calendar changes. You have a new look at the year. I mean, if you run a business, you're looking at your year ahead and you're looking at, okay, what can be accomplished in this year? So I think it's a great excuse to stop and to say, okay, let me take account for what's going on and what I want to happen at the end of this year. And if for those people who don't make your New Year's resolutions and you are really, really great at already goal setting and, and staying with the plan, then great. Then we still have some things in this particular episode that we can cut touch on that it will help you to stay really consistent with what you're trying to accomplish. But for those that are saying this new year, this new decade, I want to put a marker on here and I want to make a change and I want to measure my success and progress for the year. This is the episode for you. Yeah. So I think it's important to know, like the first key that we want to give you is we want to tell you that resolutions require a change in behavior. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get a different result if you continue waking up every day, choosing the same food that you choose every day, communicating the same way that you communicate every day, doing the same things like that's I think what keeps so many people stuck is like you're sitting there trying to pray your problems away. And I'll just tell you, like, God is not in the furniture making business. You're sitting there praying for a table, (laughs) praying for a house, praying for all this stuff. God's in the business of creating and making forests. So there are enough trees out there for you to go cut down some trees, figure out how to become a carpenter and make stuff on your own. Right. And that's something like I think we share a lot with our students is like, what are you praying for? Your prayers are broken. You're praying for the wrong things. You need to pray yourself to work, work for the things, (laughs) change your behaviors, change your habits and stop praying for, oh, oh, God, if I could just lose 30 pounds, you can. Yeah. God's not going to help you with that. You need to get your ass up. You need to change your behaviors. You need to take some accountability. You need to be responsible. You need to do the things that people do who are 30 pounds lighter than you. Yeah. And I think the changing of behaviors ties to the consistency that's required, right? Mm -hmm. So if I change my behavior today, do I have the wherewithal to change it tomorrow and the next day and to keep that consistent change? But I think you have to pull that that energy and that will from something bigger than yourself, than the actual goal for the year. And I think that one of the things that we talked about was like, I said, this year, I want to be more mission thinking when it comes to what I want to accomplish. So Every goal that we have has to be tied to, is it aligned with a bigger mission that may be a three-year mission or Mm -hmm. a four-year mission? And when I say mission, I'm not saying like, oh, you got to have, you want to create a company. What I'm saying is it's like, what's the life you want to live? That's Mm -hmm. your mission. It doesn't have to be like, I want to be, save the world or anything like that. But like tie it to the bigger mission, because I think that that is going to be something that you can say, okay, this, if I do this, and I'm, I accomplished this goal this year, then the consequence is that, is that it actually helps me in my mission. Or if I don't accomplish this, then the consequence is that it hurts me on my mission. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, I think then you give it more weight. And I said that like weight because one of the things I was telling Janelle was like, when I was on the beach, I was throwing rocks and I was like, man, you got to have a nice weight on your rock. Can't solid be too rock. heavy. Can't be too light. It has to be solid. Otherwise, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And so often we create New Year's resolutions that have no weight. There's no consequence mm-hmm. to it. There's no idea of saying, what's the outcome that can hurt me or improve me? Mm-hmm. It's just I just want to fix this thing. And mm-hmm. we don't tie it to something bigger. And so I think when you tie it to something bigger, like when you create more weight, you can throw it farther. You can go further when it comes to this goal that you have for the new year. Yeah. So you're saying weight as in like if you know that you your son's getting married or you're going to run into an ex-boyfriend at a high school reunion (laughs) this year, like you need some weight that's tied to like why you want to work on your fitness or your health, Right. Right. And, and I agree with that a hundred percent, but what do you say to people that like, well, I don't, there's not really a consequence. Like if I continue to eat hot wings and cupcakes, then I'll continue to gain weight. And oh my God, I I have time out. I got to tell you this story really (laughs) quick, you guys. So I'm at the bakery the other day and one of the guys, Sam, he's one of the guys that works in the bakery. And I walk in and Sam's like, 
drinking a ton of water and I offered him something. I don't know if it was a bagel or a donut. And he goes, oh my God, no, Janelle, I'm on a diet. And I was like, oh, okay, my bad. Look at you trying to get healthy during the holidays, right? And then a couple hours goes by and I said, I'm going to go grab a sandwich from Subway. Do you guys want anything? And he's like, no, I'm on a diet. So then a couple hours goes by. He goes on lunch. He goes home, comes back with a protein shake. He's shaking his protein shake. And I was like, wow, you're really committed. I'm excited about it. He's like, yeah, I'm all about this diet. It was about the diet, Mm -hmm. right? So then a couple hours goes by and I walk from the back into the front of the bakery and Sam is literally shoving hot Cheetos from a bag into his mouth. And I go, Sam, what the hell happened to the diet? And he goes, the thing is, Janelle, I'm already bomb. I'm already bomb the way that I am. And I could be more bomb, but I'm already good the way that I'm at. Like where I'm at, I'm already bomb. And I was like, This fool's crazy. Like literally for eight hours, he was talking about how he's committed to this diet. And then it hit him that I'm just, I'm good the way that I am. And I thought it was so freaking funny. And I shared it with everyone that week because it's like, if you think you're already bomb where you're at, then you're not going to pursue anything greater, right? And I thought about how many women that I coach around health or wellness or something. And they're like, it's so hard because my husband compliments me and tells me Mm. I look great. And then I just feel like, uh, if he already thinks that I look great and I'm already slightly attractive, I'm already you look, you have a little bit of confidence, then you're like, well, there's really no need. <laughs> Which is so funny, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so that's the opposite oh, of having weight. That's yeah. what you're saying. Like you've gotta choose a goal that will give you some weight. Yeah. And I think So what do you do if like your husband already loves you the way that you are? Like right. you need a bigger loftier goal then like you need something to drive you so i'm not going to go to a high school reunion my husband already thinks i'm bomb enough like what do you do like around your health and wellness then i think think you need something more inspiring like you need something to push you i think you need something inspiring i also think that you have to start to think if he does not tell me that anymore what changes Mm -hmm. what happens to me how do i feel do all of a sudden do I now feel like I'm overweight? Do I now feel like I'm not sexy? Do I now feel that the extra little weight that I have is significant and I see it now? Mm-hmm. Because it's crazy how much we can be influenced by other people. They tell us we look great and all of a sudden we don't actually see the extra weight we put on because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, you think I look great? Then I maybe I'm looking at myself I'm already wrong. bomb. I'm already bomb, yeah. right? And so I think that you need something very intrinsic, something inside of you that says, hey, Although you're telling me I look great, I, that's awesome. I know that you love me and I know that I probably look great to you. But I want to do this for myself. I want to do this for myself. This is the goal I'm tying this to. Like I want at the end of this year to be able to run a marathon. I want to be able mm-hmm. to do something athletic where I say, wow, that was an endurance race mm-hmm. or I lift weights or I'm stronger now. And I think that when you start tying that to, hey, I want to age gracefully. Mm-hmm. By the time I turn 50, 60 years old, 70 years old, the weight that I'm giving that is like, hey, I don't want to have to. Can you imagine when you, if you're 50 or you're 60 and you have this gigantic weight loss goal mm-hmm. or you have this huge fitness goal and you're like, I'm 60 years old. Yeah. Then it's just like throw in the towel because me trying to get 30, 50 pounds off That's at hard. 60 is hard. Your metabolism is kind of yeah. Stopped, and so right? if you listen to this and you're 60 years old and you're maybe you're 30 pounds overweight, it's not over for you, but you know how hard it is. Right. So maybe you've put it off too long then. And now you got to push through and come up with some really great resolutions to make sure that you can stick through it, stick to your resolutions and get past the 66 days, right? Right. So I think there's three components of goal setting that I think helped me and I wanted to share those. So number one, we just touched on it is it's got to be something really inspiring. Mm. It's inspiring to me to watch some of my friends who are 47 or 50 or my cousin who's 63 who are bodybuilders, who are extremely fit, who are doing hard, scary things out in the world. So I think you need to be inspired by something that you can say, wow, they're doing it. And that feels really good. Like that would be amazing if I at 47 years old looked like this, if I had an incredible body like this, if I had youth or energy or flexibility or endurance or whatever it is, that would be amazing if I had that. And then you see other people, you're inspired and you go, well, then I can. If I chose to do the things that she does every day, 
then I could do that too. Yeah, I think that that is amazing. And I think you have to revisit it over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. I think we get inspired by things, whether it be someone we saw, a video we heard or saw, or a message we heard, and we don't capture it in a sense where either we wrote down really great notes or we rewatch it or re-listen to it because inspiration falls off. Like you get inspired and then over time you forget that inspiration. You forget how it made you feel. And what ends up happening is that you have to find a way to rekindle that. Right. Well, it leads me into my second thing, which I think it has to be believable. Mm-hmm. Like I see people, they inspire me, but do I believe that I'm the type of person that could also have that? Mm-hmm. Right. Which takes me back to the beach house, like right. seeing the beach house is inspiring, but talking to the guy who worked at Trader Joe's, that makes me feel like, I mean, shit, that's available to me too then. Yeah. Right. So you've got to somehow figure out a way to believe that you are a person that can have that too. Yeah. And I think what helps people, or I think what hurts people with that is they know they don't have all the answers to get what they want. Mm -hmm. So they take that as evidence that they can't do it. Right. Right. And so one of the things just to add to the believability of what you can achieve is know what you don't know. Recognize what you don't know. So if you have a gap, meaning that, hey, I want to accomplish this thing. I want to like for my one of my New Year's resolutions I said on the podcast is I want to become really, really savvy with our our investments and our finances. And so knowing where to put our money so Mm -hmm. that we can make our money, make more money for ourselves. Well, what don't I know? Well, I don't know all the right investments to invest in. Mm -hmm. I don't know all the techniques around taxes and savings and all those kind of things. So if I know that I don't know that, then I have to go out and try to close that gap. Instead of thinking, well, I'm not the type of person to have great investments because I don't know how to do Mm -hmm. that, right? And you've got to just believe that the information must be out there, so I've got to go out and find it. Right, 100%. And so some there are certain people right now, they want to have fitness goals, but they don't know how to work out. They don't know how to eat healthy. And so close the gap, like right. join a group, read a book, listen to this podcast, whatever it is to help you close that gap so you know what you need to do. Right. And that leads me into my third thing for goal setting is you've got to be in rehearsal for something. Mm. So being in rehearsal means like a daily practice, a daily ritual. It's top of mind. You're making it a priority. And like you said, if you don't have all the tools and answers, then you better put some time aside to figure that out, right? right? So if you don't know how to eat healthy, but you want to be a healthy fit person, then you need to put some planning time aside to say, I'm going to pull some healthy recipes. I'm going to go through my cabinets. I'm going to make sure that I make a nice, healthy grocery list. I'm going to make sure that I plan out my meals and I'm going to put some time aside to do something differently. If you stop at the, okay, so you do some research, you go on Pinterest, you pin a bunch of cool recipes, but then you don't put the time aside to make the grocery list and you don't schedule the time to go to the grocery store and you don't know when you're going to cook. Well, you just wasted all that time on Pinterest, (laughs) right? So you've got to follow through. So And the greatest thing about being in rehearsal is it gives you the freedom to make a mistake. It gives you the freedom to fail at it and to pick yourself up. I think when you have a New Year's resolution or you have a goal and you know that you've tied it to a plan, when the plan falls apart, when you didn't show up that day, like knowing that you're in rehearsal, know that you are, are practicing, you just have to get back up like the next day. Like if you fall off your diet on day four, day five, you got to be back on it. Right. Or better yet, that next meal that you have that day needs to be aligned with your plan. And I think that that is the right type of practice that you want to have. I think people give up because they make a mistake or they drop off. They miss two days of working out. So they're just like, oh, forget it. Right. So I kind of want to walk through some of our New Year's resolutions. I asked you before we started, and I think you only have one. I have three. So my New Year's resolutions, uh, well, the things I will be focusing on this year will be fitness, fun, and finances. So my three favorite F words, again, fitness, fun, and finances. So getting really clear on what does that mean? Well, my finances, um, I want to be debt free. How do I do that? I need a plan. I need a strategy. I need to read certain books. I have a list of the books. I have a list of times we're going to sit down to have conversations about this and budgets and all of that stuff, right? We've been talking about that. Why do I want to do this? Well, I want to remodel my house. Like Mm. things are falling apart. We've been here for 15 years. It's time to redo our bathrooms and And that stuff is a big enough um, 
inspirationally to make me say, I'm willing to make these sacrifices because this is really what I want. Right. Right. And then let's say as far as fitness. So I plan on taking my fitness goals one week at a time. And what I mean by that is obviously I've got a plan like water intake. I know how much water I should be drinking every day. I'm going to have a little checklist for that. I know that I have to plan and prepare healthy meals. So I'm going to have time to set aside to actually go to the grocery store, make the meals. Like what will I be eating? And then I'm also going to schedule cheat days. So I'm going to look at a calendar and say, okay, on Sunday in the first week, I'm going to eat really well because I'm going to plan that out. Here's what I'm going to be eating. It's going to be made on these days. I'll have these snacks in the refrigerator. But then also on, let's say, Sunday, the, I don't know, the 8th or something, Sunday, the 12th of January, let's say that I know that there's a birthday party that day. I'm going to eat cake. (laughs) I'm going to eat cake and I'm not going to feel bad about it because I will have gone 12 days being committed to the goal that I set. And then just because I eat cake that day doesn't mean that I'm also going to eat hot wings and nachos and all of the other things that I gave up for 12 days because I know that would make me feel worse about myself to go back and completely fall off. Nothing feels better than a scheduled meal that you can say, I'm just going to eat this because I love the way it tastes. (laughs) Right. And then as far as fun, it's interesting. But one of the things that our team kind of strategized with us at our retreat was like people like connecting with you guys. They feel like a lot of the rates and review or ratings and reviews that you guys write are like, I feel like I'm having a conversation with my friends and we appreciate that so much. So we were like, how could we connect more with them? So we're going to be scheduling more fun this year which is going to be in-person events. It's going to be like, we want this like barbecue get together weekend kind of feel where we can get people together and come and have conversations. But also they suggested like, why don't you guys get on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Super silly. But I thought that would be fun. Like I yeah. want to incorporate more dance this year, hiking, yoga. I really want to connect with my friends and like pour into those relationships. I want more adventure, new experiences. I want travel. Those are things we could share on TikTok. It'd be silly, but that falls into alignment with the goal of fun, right? So those are the things that I'm going to be working on this year. One of the, a few of the tips I have is like schedule around the schedule, like time it out. So one of my friends, Goalie, she has a a podcast called Lessons from a Quitter. She, this entire 2019, she had a new goal every 30 days. So it was like every year or every month, this is what I'm focusing on this month, right? So it could be like finances are my big thing this month. What would I do to learn everything about finances? What could I do to make finances a priority every day? So that's one option you can do like, I'm going to have 12 goals this year. I'm going to decide where I'm at. Maybe it's the summer and summer with your kids might be like, I'm focusing on fun this month for 30 days. Right. I love that. So that's one way to do it. Yeah. And I think the cool thing is, is that you can get like Janelle talks about her notebooks all the time. Mm -hmm. You can get a notebook and each week you can say, because it's simplified. When did I have a good time to Mm -hmm. focus on my finances? Do I feel like they're in order? Are they working for us? When did I have fun, mm-hmm. right? And what was your other half one? Fitness. Fitness. And how was how did I do my fitness? And, and even if you're using tick marks, like right. stars. So I use highlighters. That's <laughs> three different colors of highlighters. And it's on my planner, mm-hmm. literally. Like So at the end of the week, if fitness is green and my commitment is I'm just going to move my body 30 minutes a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week, 30 minutes a day. That's a walk around the block while I'm checking emails. Right. That is a quick trip to the gym to maybe even just do foam rolling or stretching or yoga or something like that. But I'm going to move my body and dedicate 30 minutes of my day of 24 hours just to move my body, right? right? So if that's the case and fitness is green, well, on my calendar, I should see 31 green marks after January 31st, right? And then if fun, which it is, it's like this color, this coral color highlighter. I love seeing the coral because the coral I know represents fun. And I'm like, look at me having all this fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel accomplished, (laughs) right? And then finances is green because money's green. Yeah. 
I love that. Uh, well, like the highlighter greenish yellow. Yeah. So that's kind of a trick or a tip that could help you if you're a visual person like me. And, and for me, I'm going to have fun with finances mm -hmm. because I think <laughs> most <laughs> of the time when I think about money, I don't necessarily associate with fun unless right. it's income coming in. Mm -hmm. But I think the way I'm going to position myself and the way I'm going to approach it is with fun. You're going to say like, oh, my God, like we have already met and exceeded our budget for eating right. out this month. This is fun. This it's is gonna fun. be fun to stay home and cook and yeah. get creative with yeah. the food we already Let's have. Let's get into the details of the digits. That sounds really not fun. Uh, that, <laughs> that was real corny what you did right now. <laughs> I just wanted to make it rhyme with D. Details um, of the digits? The di no, don't say that ever again. <laughs> but if I say it and, and it's silly, then it makes it fun. Well, then um, do your thing. Uh, so <laughs> wait, another thing around the time frame. You're such a dork. Another thing around the time frame, I did this year 90 day sprints. So 90 day sprints means you're taking the year and you're just basically coupling three months at a time, right? Yeah. So if you did 90 day sprints, you would only have four 90 day sprints to get you through all of 2020. So that would mean January 1st through March 31st. What are you going to focus on? It's a one 90 day sprint. That's it. So if I'm going to focus on getting in shape and moving my body for 30 minutes a day, I just got to focus on the first 90 days. Mm -hmm. That would mean January 1st through March 31st. The second sprint is April 1st through June 30th. The third sprint is July 1st through September 30th. And then the last sprint of the year is October 1st through December 31st. So I think looking at this really helps you get clear on where am I going to be in the last sprint? of the year. Mm -hmm. People usually write that one off and they're like, ah, it's the holidays. Eat whatever you want. You don't have to go to the gym. And then you don't realize you're working harder come next year. Yeah. So that's kind of my suggestion. Yeah. Think about 90 day sprints or do your 30 days. I don't know. Yeah. I think that gives you an opportunity to say this 90 days is hardcore this and that I want to make this type of progress. This 90 days, I want to make this kind of progress. Maybe it's less because during that time of the year, let's, maybe it's the holiday season. In that 90 days, you're like, I just want to maintain what I've already accomplished. Like go into the new year ready to go. Or maybe you say, hey, I want to push forward in the new year fast and furious. Mm -hmm. I think you can kind of theme each 90 days on what you what season it is for your household, for your lifestyle, whatever the case may be. And I think that's a great framework. Right. Only thing I would say just to add before we end things is today is new year's eve do something today that is already put you in practice for what's to come mm -hmm. i think the problem sometimes in new year's resolutions is it gives us a reason to procrastinate and say i'm just going to wait to the new year and then i'm going to start and then what people do is they wait for the first week because in the first week you got new year's day and they're like oh well i'm just going to keep drinking and eating and stuff like that. Right. And then they don't get started until the second week of January. Or you might be like, well, I'm off on New Year's. Right. And then the office is closed Thursday and Friday. Then I'll get through the weekend. So I'm technically not, not going to start my diet until January 6th. <laughs> right. And then you and forget then about it by an March. entire week. Right. <laughs> so again, to kind of wrap up, what did we talk about? We talked about one of the first things for sticking to a resolution is to have a mission, to have a vision. Mm -hmm. You need some bigger aspirations and that's going to come down to what are you inspired by? Right. What inspiration are you pulling from? What are you, maybe you should unfollow some of the things that you follow and start following more that's things good. that are inspiring that are going to help push you. The next thing is your belief structure. You got to set some goals and ask yourself, what's the conversation I'm having with myself? Like if I'm following a bunch of fit chicks who are 75 pounds thinner than me, is that going to make me feel like I'm on the pathway to fitness success? The answer I'm just going to tell you, girl, is no. Right. Like if you are 50, 75, 30 pounds overweight and you're following some fitness chick who makes you feel bad about your life, it's unattainable. You don't believe that you're actually ever going to look like her. So you're already setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. However, if you were to join, let's say, Weight Watchers or a local community group or go be a part of a gym and be around other people who are like you also on the same mission, um, trying to do the same things every day, being in community is going to help you realize that, okay, this is going to be hard, but I can stay committed. I can stay true to this. And with different habits and rituals and disciplines, 
I can be better 30 days from now than where I'm at right now. Yeah. So stop following the fitness chicks with the big butts that make you feel terrible about yourself because it's not really reachable or attainable. It's not inspiring you or pushing you out of bed every morning to go be like them because you're probably looking at your body thinking, I'm never going to look like her. Yeah. And I think that, that that's real. And the thing I'll just add to that is close the gaps. So the things that you don't know, recognize them and go find the answers that you need in order to help you increase that believability. Because it is truly amazing when you start to learn more what how it changes your thought process around what you're capable of doing. Right. And so really think about closing. So when you know, I was talking about you have to believe it, I think you have to be active in your belief. You have to go out and seek out that information and then put that information to use and, and be in practice. I think you're going to talk about being rehearsal. Yeah. So being in rehearsal is kind of bridging the what you're talking about, the knowledge, like going out and learning about it. If you are saying like, hey, I really want to be fit. I really want to be good with my finances. I really want to work on my communication or relationships or whatever your goals might be, you've got to understand that right now you need clearer objectives. You need better strategies. You need better ways of doing whatever it is that you feel like you might be not doing well right now. Right. So you've got to be in rehearsal for that. Go out, find it, seek it, set some time aside right now to figure out what things you need. What tools am I missing right now that are not helping me get closer to these things because they're out there. They're out there in a podcast. They're out there in a book. They're out there in a motivational speaker. They may be out there in a conference. They may be out there in a freaking yoga retreat or something. But the more you can be in action, putting one foot in for, in front of the next, then the more opportunities and new ideas and new things are going to appear for you that are going to be tools that you can add to your tool belt for success. Yeah. And then the last, well, not last thing, but just add this is just make sure you give yourself consequences. If I accomplish mm. this, this will allow me to do this. If I don't accomplish this, this will hurt this. I will lose out on this. And I think when you add that consequence, it adds weight and that weight makes this that you're whatever you're going after valuable. So it's right? not saying like if I commit to health and wellness and fitness and all that, like, okay, I'm going to make myself feel terrible about the fact no. that I fell off my diet. But what do you mean adding weight just We're like at, in that situation? Right. I fell off my diet. I'm disappointed in myself. What right. now? So if How I say, I add weight? yeah, if I say if I'm disappointed in myself, but if I get back on to tomorrow or this next meal and I get back on track, then what will happen is I will restart my habit routine. Right. I will get back on track. I will be able to lose the weight that I probably put on, whatever right. the case may be, but you have to give it weight. Right? And also like can, on the opposite side of that is if I don't get back on track, will I feel good about this? You know, the answer is no. Right. That's why you started the goal in the first place, right? So remembering like, okay, well, why did I start this? Is this really that important to me? I'm bomb enough, like <laughs> figuring out, like, again, that goes back to the goals gotta be big enough for you to think, that you're even inspired by it to begin with, right? right? And some people are different. Some people are inspired by the consequence of loss, and some people are more inspired by the consequence of gain. And so you have to identify that for yourself. Right. And then I think it's always a good idea for me to identify like opportunities, threats, and weaknesses. Mm. So if you know, like for me, being in a social environment, if I know that I'm going to have to be at a party or we're going to be out of town or something like that, identifying and scheduling and planning for those things to possibly derail me mm -hmm. helps me be better prepared. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So in closing, we wish you the most prosperous and inspiring year that you've ever had in your entire damn life. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like I want you to think really, really big. Yeah. And if you're like struggling financially, living check to check, trust me, honey, we've been there. And I'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire by the time 2020 is over. But what if? What if? What Absolutely. if you are? What, what if, if you were able to stay consistent with the certain practices that you need in your specific lifestyle that led to millions of dollars, right. $800,000 in, in investments and in, in savings, whatever what the case may be? What if you stopped praying for a damn break and you just started doing things differently. Yeah. What if you stopped being the victim and you started actually putting one foot in front of the next right. and pushed closer towards the goals that you say that you want? What if you thought bigger 
and you set yourself up for bigger goals, not just making the payments on a brand new car or not just making the payments on a mortgage, but thinking bigger, like, hey, I want to own this particular beach house. Mm -hmm. What if you did that? Yeah, I could go on and on about the what ifs, but we believe in you. We want to hopefully be able to push you through this year and these new goals. So trust and believe, friends. We will be checking in with you. And I swear to God, if you don't make it past the first 66 days, I'm going to be really disappointed in you. Yeah. And I'm going to come for you. So let's do this first 66 days to create new lasting habits. And what if you believed that anything was available to you? Let's do it. I love it. All right. Have a great day, friends. Bye. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.